Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, let's visit a few minutes this weekend. Last week, we opened up this idea in John chapter 3, verse 30, where, where John made this stunning statement where he said that Jesus must increase and and I must decrease. And so let's, let's have a brief conversation, if we can, about it's worth the work. What, what we're going to talk about this weekend is worth the work. And, and it finds its essence, if you will, in this amazing statement. He must increase, and I must decrease. Last week, I had this thought of this idea, and I said, well, what if our purpose, right? What if our purpose in life isn't so much of what we are called to do, but rather who we are created to be? As as I've given that thought, and I've I've taken that thought in my own life, I'm I'm processing that. And for so often in our lives, our calling has to do with what am I doing with my life? But but what if we flip the script and begin to think about maybe it isn't so much what I'm to do with my life? It's actually who I am to become, based upon Romans 8, 28, 29, and 30. The Scripture would call this sanctification. Sanctification is this process in our lives where, where you and I are, are growing into Christ's likeness, and the word actually means to be set apart for a sacred purpose. How would we live different, and how would we think different if we understood that we have been set apart, not for mundane, not for ordinary, but for a sacred purpose. Sanctification is this beautiful process that occurs after justification where where the believer is growing more and more like Jesus Christ, where our character and our conduct are are imitating the, the beauty and the power and the majesty of Jesus Christ. In fact, we would call this fruit, character, conduct, is the fruit of our life in Christ. So let's dig in just for a moment and have a conversation. And as I thought about this, I've just been wondering, am I a passive participant in this aspect of sanctification? Do I just sit back? I'd like to, wouldn't you? I'd love to just sit back and let God do the work. But actually, I think the Scripture teaches something quite different. Peter, he he engages this idea, this conversation. Now, he sheds some light upon this idea of what it looks like in this process of being sanctified into the character and the conduct of Jesus. Now, in 2 Peter, we're going to take a look at a verse there, but understand that, that Peter is writing 2 Peter around 80, 67, maybe 68. We, we know it's likely that Peter was killed under the uh, Neronian persecution. Nero died in 68. So right at the end there, in around 67, 68, Peter writes these words, and in some way, what we're going to read is almost a a last will and testament. This is some 40 years. Remember in John chapter 21, Jesus and Peter are walking along the beach, right? And and they're having a conversation, and, and, and Christ actually prophesies the type of death that Peter will die by. So we're some... 40, over 40 years past that, we're getting close to the end of Peter's life, and in 2 Peter chapter 1, we see what is what some scholars believe is his last will and testament. Let, look with me, 
2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 3, and we're going to read through verse 9. The Scripture says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through a knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He's given us these very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Can we just read that again? Through the promises, we participate. We participate in the divine nature, and we escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Look at verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance, and perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly love, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. It's quite a list, isn't it? If I could get one of those things down... I'd feel pretty good about my life. How about you? Look at what he goes on to say. He says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they're going to keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and he's blind. He's forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Can we just take a moment and look at verse 5? I want to just highlight a couple things because, because we do play a part in this idea of sanctification, right? It, we, we have something on our end that we need to be doing. So notice in verse 5, Peter says, first of all, make every effort. Say that with me. Make, <laughs> that's a poor effort, I'll be honest with you. All right, let, let's try that again. Is it on? Testing one, two. Is it on? Kim, maybe just a little bit more. All right, here we're going to try. You, you want another? This is called grace. You want another run at it? All right, here we go. Make every effort. Listen to those words. Make every effort. Now, this Greek word effort here that Peter uses has to do with this idea of maximum effort, of of earnestness, right? Of of diligence. Say that word with me, diligence. These are are gritty words. These are kind of meat and potato words, are they not? I mean, this is gritty stuff. Notice what he says, make every effort diligence, maximum effort. So Peter is suggesting that for for those of us who are in Christ, that this idea of of sanctification takes a little work. Actually, it takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline. Make every effort. God empowers us, but we are required to make the disciplined effort. Alongside of God's grace and what He has done in us, the believer has a part in the process of becoming like Jesus. For example, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, we're to work out what God's worked in. He's already done the work in. It's called justification. The believer works that out through the process of sanctification. One commentator says this, this reference is to the believer's responsibility to actively pursue through obedience the process of sanctification. That the believer actively pursues, actively works on, puts in the maximum effort, diligence, earnestness to become like Jesus Christ. It's been a few years since I've been a part of like a local gym. How many of you have a gym membership? 
Okay, a few of you. Is that it? A few of you? I'm, son, I know you have a, a gym membership. Right, so you, you get the gym membership, and I remember last time I had a gym membership, I went in, and they're, they're selling me the gym membership. And then they said, you know, if you pay total for one year, we can take a little bit off that total. Well, I'm a sucker. I'm like, count me in. How much do I owe? So I, I paid for the year. I got a little gym card. Not only that, I think I got a little key fob to go with it. High-tech stuff. And I remember joining that gym, and, man, I, I wanted to, I needed to get some things together. You know, I joined the gym so physically I can get stronger, get healthier, and, and, and I joined the gym. You ever joined a gym? How many of you have actually joined a gym? You don't have to be a gym member now, but you've joined a gym. You know this story, right? You joined the gym. You want to improve. You want to get better. You want to get stronger, whatever the goal was. So I joined the gym, and, and now can you imagine me going into that gym? And I know there's a gym here locally not too far from us, that not only is a gym, but it has a movie theater in it. I find that kind of fascinating, right? You can go to the gym, and you don't have to work out. You can actually watch a movie. And maybe for the monthly fee, that's not a bad thing. And so I went to the gym. Then I kind of stopped going to the gym. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, yeah, I got busy. It's not working. Things aren't coming together. So I had the gym membership, but I stopped going to the gym. Oh, I was a gym member. I paid the dues. I had the card. had the key fob. I was a gym member, but all of a sudden, as I, as I slacked upon my gym membership and my commitment and my discipline to go to the gym, it wasn't coming along like I thought it would come along, and by golly, I got mad at the owner. I went off on the manager. I told the staff and the trainer they assigned me. That's ridiculous, isn't it? That I would be angry at the owner of the gym or the manager of the gym or the staff. Isn't that ridiculous? It is. Because the gym membership is on who? It's on me. That's, that's the secret to the gym membership. You can't drive by the gym every now and then and feel the love and, and get the pump. You eventually got to engage. You got to be disciplined. You got to move into the gymnasium, right, so to speak, to put the work in. Paul says, make every effort, a disciplined effort, coupled with the grace of God, to be formed in the image of Jesus. And then notice what he says in verse 5. Then he says, I want you to add to your faith. Hmm. Make every effort to add to your faith. Add to your faith. Interesting word here in the first century. It has this, this idea this to, to furnish besides, to fully supply. Actually, in the Greek culture, the word had this idea where uh, there was a choir director, and the choir director was responsible for furnishing everything that the choir would need to perform. Everything. The choir director furnishes it all, and the choir is ready to perform. How many of you have ever moved into a new house? Maybe it wasn't new, but it was new to you, an apartment. You've done that, right? You walked into that, that place the first day, and... There was nothing in that home, correct? No furniture, nothing. Has that ever happened to you? And you got all excited about buying this place or renting this place, and you walked in the door, and, and all of a sudden maybe it was bigger than the place that you were moving out of, and you thought, hmm, this is going to take a little more furniture than I anticipated. In about 1985, I moved to Bolivar, Missouri. It's about 30 miles north of Springfield, Missouri. And uh, I was going to college there, and I was moving out of the dorm into my first apartment. I was all that and a bag of chips. I remember going to that first apartment, and my, my dad kind of helped me get this thing going. And th there was this, this little efficiency, one bedroom, 
bedroom way in the back. You walk through like a little galley kitchen, and then there was a little living room. And as I thought back on that apartment, I had one couch, a little black couch. I think we, we got at Walmart. And then Sharon's parents had loaned me a table, a little table to study. That was it. This thing was not furnished at all. And, and my mother's a decorator. I came out of a home that was decorated with stuff. My mother likes her stuff. And so there was all this stuff in the house I moved out to. I moved into the new apartment, and there was nothing. There was a couch, there was a bed, and there was a tiny table that I would study on. That was it. Not furnished. I had to furnish it myself. I had to put it together myself. That's the thought of the word, add to your faith. Say that with me. Add to your faith faith. You see, many of us think that this Christian walk is more like an Airbnb. It's already furnished. It isn't. This is not furnished. It's the responsibility of the believer to furnish the house, if you will. So, Peter says, make every effort. Add to your faith. Second Peter 3.18, Peter says this, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Say that with me but grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know what's interesting about this verse? Is in the original, Peter's using what we would call a present active imperative. Imperative is the mood of command. Of command. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Some of the last words recorded that we have in Scripture of Peter is to do what? Grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's not asking. He's not suggesting. He's not recommending. He is commanding believers to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, how does, what does this look like? How does this work? I've been asking myself this. And so a few things uh, that I'll just show you here of how the Scripture shows us this work. The first thing is, is that we are sanctified. We, we become more like Christ through the Word of God. John 17, 17, Jesus says this, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So the word of God has this this powerful uh, work in our lives. And as I engage the word, as I read the word, but then I let the word engage me. I let the word read me. As that process happens in our lives, the power of the word begins to sanctify us because it is truth. Amen? It is truth. Amen? God's Word matters. I would ask you, when was the last time you engaged with any intentionality God's Word? And I want to be kind, but I want to be honest. I love the verse of the day. It's good to get the verse of the day. Get the verse of the day with the cool picture. Go a little further and get in the Word. It's good to have the, word, the, the verse of the day. I usually get it, or Sharon gets it. It dings on her phone, like, yeah, it's the verse of the day. That's a great place to begin, but as a follower of Jesus, how can we possibly expect to be sanctified into the image of Christ if we are not in God's Word? Man, when we first started this church some 20 years ago, we were meeting in a school. There was a gentleman who walked into that school, he was a little bit older gentleman, and, and he was there for about five minutes, and he turned around, and he was walking out. And, and I, I ran to catch him. I said, sir, you you leaving? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. We haven't even started. 
He's like, it, it's okay. I'm like, what's going on? He says, you know, I don't see anybody here carrying a Bible. That was actually before that you, I think you had the Bible app. That was kind of old school days. I don't see anyone here carrying a Bible. Now, that's probably being a little more critical of us maybe at the time than, you know what I mean? But it was a true point. The Scriptures, the Word sanctifies. Notice what Paul says, if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, notice what Paul says here. Not only does the Word sanctify us, but Paul says that the Spirit sanctifies us. Scripture says, this is 1 Peter. He's talking about those of us who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. The sanctifying work of the Spirit. The sanctifying work of the Spirit. Not only does the Word of God sanctify believers, but the Holy Spirit is the agent of that transformative power in our lives. Then notice what he says in the same verse. He says, this happens for the obedience to Jesus Christ by the sprinkling of his blood, which is a reference probably to the Mosaic Covenant. So how are we transformed? What sanctification looks like? God's Word, the Holy Spirit, and responsible obedience on the part of those of us who claim to be believers. Here's kind of a summary statement of all of that. The Spirit of God empowers believers to obey the Word of God so that they are conformed to the Son of God. The Spirit of God, right, empowers believers to obey the Word of God so that they are, we are conformed to the Son of God. So I would ask you this tonight. If what we believe doesn't change who we are becoming, we need to reexamine those beliefs are find the disconnect. Wouldn't you agree? If what I believe isn't shaping who I'm becoming, there's a disconnect somewhere in my life. So in other words, if my judgmental spirit isn't being transformed more into the spirit of Christ, I better check that. If my temper isn't being transformed, I need to check that. If my attitude isn't being transformed, I, I need to look into that. If, if there's bitterness, hatred, envy, strife, racism, if those things are not being transformed, I need to look into that. Wouldn't you agree? Think about your own life. If those things are not being, whatever the challenge is or whatever the, the issue is with your character, if you have those issues, if, if you're not being transformed into the character of Christ, there's a breakdown. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of the transformation that God's done in my life has happened through failure, through failure. So just about a week and a half ago, I'll close here in just a moment. I, Sharon and I were working on a little project over at another church, and uh, we got this cool banner, this giant banner that, w- that we just had, and some friends ordered it for us, and we were going to put this banner up for this event. It was a cool banner, wasn't it, honey? Big banner, right? Maybe six, seven-foot banner, maybe three feet wide. It was a great-looking banner. And uh, we were a little frazzled at the time, and so she starts looking for the banner. I'm like, oh, the banner's right there. She said, I don't see the banner. I'm saying, honey, it's right there. It's right where? It's right in front of you. I don't see the banner. 
my like, honey, it, it's, it's right in front of you. Get the banner. We got, she's like, whoa, check yourself. <laughs> I don't see the banner. I said, the banner's in the bag. Oh, the banner's in the bag. The banner's in the bag. Get the banner. Let's get the banner up. Within seconds, the Holy Spirit said, wait a minute, hot rod. Is that how Jesus would communicate? Is that how Jesus operates? Is that his spirit? And, and in a moment of failure, Christ helps me form. The spirit helps me form. Does that make sense? Has that ever happened to you? You've done something you're like, now why did I do that with the kids, with the wife, with the family, with the boss? And in a moment, the spirit spoke to you, convicted you, and it registered, oh, I'm in the process of sanctification. I'm just in the process. So in my own life, I would say this, that oftentimes it is the, the failure of my life that God has used a deeper Christ-like formation in and through me. Adoniram Judson was considered America's first Protestant missionary, global missionary. Uh, Judson spent about 40 years in the nation of Burma. There he was serving and suffering and sharing the gospel. Toward the end of his life, he was laying on a bed, and his wife, Emily, came into the room, and she brought these newspaper clippings with her. And she began to read these newspaper clippings, which were kind of a biography of what people had said about Ananias Judson. She began to read the clippings, and she said, you know, honey, some people say that you're, you're a lot like Peter, and you're a lot like Paul. She said, oh, here's a clipping, and this clipping says that Judson will be considered one of the great Christian heroes of all time. In a moment, Judson clapped his hands, and he began to cry. And he said, put the newspaper articles away. He said, do not read me any more of the clippings. I don't want to be like any man. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Is that the declaration of your life? Is that the passion of your life, is to be like Jesus Christ? Set apart for a sacred purpose? How many times do we see that as doing something incredible for God? It could be all along that we've missed that, and it's not doing something incredible for God. The sacred purpose found in Romans 8.29 is actually transformed into the character of Christ. And we have a part with that, right? We have a part with that. Is this your declaration? I want to be more like Jesus. Two things. Maybe you've never given your life to this Jesus. Maybe you know about him, but you've never really crossed the line of faith and says, Jesus, I give you my life. If you've never done that, you need to give Jesus your life. Give him everything about you. Surrender it all to this Jesus. And he will begin to transform you from the inside out as you work hand in hand, heart in heart, in his grace, becoming more like him more like Him. Maybe you've never publicly declared Christ, and, and you need to be baptized. We're baptizing here in a couple weeks at Discovery Point. I think it's on the 19th and 20th. Maybe you've never publicly declared your faith. Why don't you go public with your faith? Say, 
I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm publicly confessing Him as Lord over my life. Maybe you're already a believer, right? Maybe you're already a follower of Jesus, and, and maybe, you're, maybe you're like, you join the gym, you show up at the gym every Sunday or Saturday or Sunday, and you just kind of chill. Maybe the understanding for you is, I need to be in the Word of God, surrender to the Spirit of God, and I need to be obedient to what God tells me to do based upon His Word. Maybe that's you. So I would ask, what's your next step of obedience? What's the next thing that God has put in front of you? Maybe something big. Could be something small. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an action. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe something totally different. But what has God put in front of you that you would say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm recommitting to the Word. I want to walk in the Spirit, and I want to be responsible for my own spiritual development. Hey, here's what I know about the process of sanctification. It's gritty work, right? But it's worth the work. It's worth the work. Pray with me. Father, we pray that we understand it's worth the work. It's challenging. It's frustrating. There are many setbacks on our spiritual journey. And, Lord, sometimes we, we find formation in the moments of failure. In the simple things that we seem go unchecked, but the Spirit reminds us, don't respond like that. Change your attitude. Reach out. Offer forgiveness. Don't be so judgmental. Lord, there's so many ways that we are formed into the character of Christ. Our, my prayer tonight is as we leave this room, we embrace the personal responsibility to make every effort to add to our faith. Father, you are working in. Now may we work it out. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.